Welcome to the Prep Extra Podcast. I'm your host, Colton Stone, alongside Prep Editor, Prep Sports Writer, Chris Bassnett. This is a little bit of a mix-up, uh, personnel-wise, so it'll be uh, some new voices, a new outlook, new perspective uh, as we shift some things around. So before we get into anything, uh, Chris, I guess if you just want to, you know, how how this uh, came to be, your in what, what your outlook on covering preps is now and you know kind of uh where where we're heading here yeah first of all uh colton's in charge everybody so i'm just i'm just along for the ride now this is my this is be my first full week uh second full week on the prep beat um i was covering huskers uh for the previous six and a half almost seven years men's basketball baseball helped out with football if you read husker stuff you probably saw my name uh out there and just kind of got to the point where um Always, always had a passion for preps. Uh, that's how I started in this business. That's how a lot of us, I think, started uh, in this business. And always kind of had it in the back of my mind that I, I would want to get in, back into it at some point uh, if the opportunity presented itself. And, and it did. You know, my wife and I had a young son uh, a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now. And this kind of allows me to be around with him a little more and all that sort of fun stuff. I've taken him to a couple practices with me already, which has been cool. And just lets me get back to something I'm really passionate about. Um, dad was a high school coach you know I've been around it my whole life those sort all those sorts of things I've always kept up with it even even when covering the Huskers so just super excited to get back into it um got some big shoes to fill I think Luke Mullen did a great job with it last year obviously Ron Powell before that Riley Jane Hamilton before Ron you know you start getting back into some some of the big timers that, that have done it so definitely some big shoes to fill but I'm really excited. Um, it's been really fun to get out to practice uh, this last week, watch some football teams, get kind of get to know guys, coaches, and players again. And, and I'm looking forward to just kind of, you know, having that continue, continuing to build the knowledge base. It's going to probably take me a little bit to catch up, but hopefully not too long. And you know, coverage-wise, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot that's different. You know, like I said, I think I think the, the people we've had in this position have done such a good job. It's it's my job and it's our job to just continue that. We're still going to do our best to cover as many games as we can uh, to write about the the names and the and the the faces and the voices that you see every week, whether that's football or volleyball, softball, you know, basketball, whatever it may be. Uh, we're going to do our best to to cover them the best we can. My main focus is going to be football and boys basketball. Um, I'll be doing the ratings for those, kind of covering the game of the week and, and those sorts of things. So. Yeah, no, nothing nothing real drastic is going to change. Uh, we're going to try and have some fun on the podcast. I think everybody says that when they record a podcast. Yeah. Hey, we're going to have <laughs> we're going to have a lot of fun here, but I want to try and get a few guests on uh, every now and then whether that's an athlete sure. or a coach or, or someone from the NSAA or, or whoever it may be. So we'll we'll see how that goes down the road here, but yeah, I don't look for anything drastic. We're going to continue to do what we've done because I think we've done a pretty good job of it so far. Yeah, honestly, it's something um a little not new for myself it's i've i've been out of covering preps for a while so now it's me kind of thrusting myself back into it i've been out of podcasting for a while so we're also thrusting ourselves back into that mm-hmm. um it, it'll take a little bit but we'll we'll get there um so football uh first week of practice i mean it, there's obviously not going to be a lot to go on yeah but we we do have the introduction of a new Lincoln school, Class B school, and that's the first one you happen to go to. What, what kind of vibe, I guess, from from Lincoln Northwest did you get just from you know their their inaugural practice and kind of what I guess yeah just what the general feeling of that first practice was. 
It's super interesting, and, and I'm, I'm smiling to myself because I, I, I just I think about, you know, the things I saw, and, and I don't think it's any secret. They, they're going to go right up to the deadline on construction at the school. Still obviously slated to open, gosh, Monday, I guess, the 15th. So the school's going to open on the 15th. And, and talking to Coach Brian Lauk, you know, they, they're building a brand-new football stadium up there. It's going to be an awesome facility, and it sounds like it's going to come right down to the wire uh, to get it open. They play at home that first week against Ralston, and it sounds like that stadium's not going to be done until game week. You know, I know the turf is in. I know the the track has been poured, um, mm-hmm. it sounds like. So it's it's kind of – there's a lot on, on their plate right now, because mm-hmm. especially for that coaching staff. The kids, I think, just are excited to play, you know, like, like any kids are, but – you're trying to get your, your stadium ready. You're trying to build a team, put in a, an offense, a defense. But you're putting all that in from scratch. And, yeah, they had some, some camps and stuff this summer. But, you know, like, like Coach Luck said, they, they got their helmets and their, their practice jerseys in the July. You know, they, they haven't had them for a month yet. And so there's a lot of excitement because, because it's new. But at the same time, I think it's gone pretty fast. And that's something Brian Lowe kind of kind of mentioned. I think I pronounced his name three different times. Now. Sorry, Brian, <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to this. But it, it's, it's, it seems like a long road, but all of a sudden now it's here, and, you, and you're playing in two weeks. And so the numbers, I think they're going to be pretty happy with the number of guys they got out. Uh, it was around 70, and they were still adding guys as of Monday, you know, as, as the, the start date of school gets closer and, and enrollment or the opening day approaches and everything like that, and kids are getting enrolled. So it's interesting. Yeah, there's there's a lot of excitement. I think there's also a pretty heavy dose of realism, mm-hmm. realizing there's there's still a lot that needs to happen. And you, what you hope for and cross your fingers for is that the weather stays good so construction can happen. So far, so good on that front, right. other than the heat. So you hope there aren't any delays between now and August 26th. But I think I think it's almost going to be, when that day gets here, it's almost going to be like an exhale, right? Like it's it's here we're doing it like there's no more waiting there's no more wondering whatever we're we're going to play a game and whether they play it up there or they have to play it somewhere else they're going to play it so yeah I, I think there's there is a lot of excitement but at the same time I think there's a, a lot of man we we got a lot to do and not a lot of time to do it yeah it seems like it's uh it's, it's somewhat reminiscent of I guess one of the newer schools was Elkhorn North it kind of seemed like the other sports had a little more time to catch up. They had more time that they could build chemistry and everything. But football, it's the first sport, you yep. know, football, softball, and, you know, the, the very beginning. But it's almost, yeah, it's like a rush to get there. But then once you're there, you also have to kind of – you want to reel back a little <laughs> yeah, bit so exactly. everyone's calm and the yep. nerves are there. So moving from there, what are, you, you've been to three other camps this week. Has anything jumped out? What has maybe been I, – I know it's so early that yeah. it's like nothing's necessarily a highlight, but just uh, – I mean, I, I'm sure the overall feeling is everyone's just excited to get back out there. Yeah, I've been to, been to Lincoln Southeast, Lincoln Southwest, went to Lincoln High this morning. We're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, it's a little after 5.30 p.m. on a Thursday right now. So, yeah, it's – you know they weren't even in shoulder pads until Wednesday. You know these teams, so they haven't really they haven't really done a lot of hitting yet or any hitting. But you're right. You know the the three places I've been, the the excitement's been pretty good, and I think for good reason. Like all three of these places, like you look at like the top line guys at like Southeast and the top line guys at Southwest, and the top line guys at Lincoln High. And there's like there's dudes like you know you think of, of Gunnar Gatula first off. Mm-hmm. You know obviously being a being a Husker commit and he's gotten a lot of attention, but they've got they've got guys on that roster that, and they've got high level guys, you know, and, and same at Southwest. They, they maybe don't have that, that 
you know, that Malachi Coleman or that Gunnar Gratula or somebody like that. But they've, man, they've got a three-year starter at quarterback. They've got a, a couple big, tall, long receivers. They've got a guy that's probably going to break their receptions record in Jack Baptista this year. I think they feel pretty good about what they have. And then Lincoln High, you know, and like I said today, the, the question always with Lincoln High is, is how deep are they going to be? You know, just because the numbers maybe aren't the same roster-wise. But look look at their top guys. Like, they got a guy going to Iowa State. You know, they've got guys getting Division two, a lot of Division two FCS interests. They've got a guy in Nolan DeFran Jr. who's got an offer from Colorado. He's barely played varsity football. You, you know, and they, so they've got on that top line – they've got athletes and they've got reason for hope and, and everybody has hope this time of year mm-hmm. and I think that's just that's just the way it is but but I think those schools have legitimate reason to think that they're either going to a be pretty good or b be good enough to compete for a playoff spot get into the get into the playoffs those sorts of things so that's kind of been the overriding thing and again like you said we, we're four days in. Nobody's gone full pads yet. It's been 9,000 degrees out, so we're moving practices <laughs> from afternoon to morning and, and whenever. So there's, there's, I say, a long ways to go. We're, we're basically eight days away from week zero games, which, right. which is crazy. No Lincoln team's playing week zero, but two weeks away from, from that week one. So it's, it's getting here. It's going to be here pretty quick, but I think right now it's just a deal where the optimism is really, really high, but there's also reason for the optimism to be to be really high. Sure. And, you know, you still obviously have a, a few more Lincoln schools to go to. One, uh, a big one, I know it's been talked about all summer. It's been, uh, he's been kind of the hot name around Lincoln and frankly outside of Lincoln too, yeah. uh, is, is Lincoln East and Malachi Coleman and, and how they replace No Walters and what what they can do to put – Coleman and obviously their other players in a position where they can compete at the same level that they were before. Yeah, it's it's maybe the most interesting team in the city, uh, in my opinion, right now. And a lot of that has to do with Malachi, and for good reason. He's such a such a tremendous athlete, but it's it's all the other stuff too, right? And and we all know like just what kind of guy he is. He's such an interesting guy. So so smart and, and so generous with what he does as as far as his off the field stuff and and that's been well documented too. But I mean, you're talking about probably the best player in the state, right? At least according to you know the recruiting service right, rankings, exactly. you know, and a guy that's that's got offers from just about anywhere. He's going to commit October fifteenth, which that'll be here before we know it, right, yeah. right in the middle of their season. I, he'll probably be happy to get that out of the way. I'm sure John Gingry will be happy to <laughs> have that out of the way too, knowing John a little bit, but. Yeah, it's it's just going to be so interesting because they are replacing a guy in, in Noah Walters that set every passing record there is to set, you know, and and has moved on to the college level. What's that quarterback position going to look like? You've got the best receiver, one of the best receivers in the country, but you got to give him the ball. Right. <laughs> you exactly. know, that's that's pretty important. And what are you, what are you going to put around him? They had some pretty good. He's the breakout name, but they had pretty good players around him last year too, and they could score a lot of points. So, yeah, it's. Malachi Coleman is going to get a lot of the headlines a lot of the time and deservedly so he's he's a great athlete a spectacular athlete and, and he's going to get a lot of attention from everybody but just as interesting to me at least is what's that quarterback position going to look like what are they going to be able to put around him you know I draw the comparison to a guy by the name of Doriel Green Beckham uh, who was the number one receiver recruit in the country in Missouri 10 or so years ago mm-hmm. and it was kind of a similar deal he was this freak athlete that played wide receiver 
How are they going to get him the ball? How creative were they going to be? And and it was interesting to watch that develop. And I'm not saying Malachi is going to get drafted in the NFL and go play for the <laughs> right. Eagles or right. whatever, but it's, it's kind of a similar situation. I, I think they're going to have to scheme up some ways to get him more involved, especially early in the year because you are breaking in a new quarterback. You are breaking new guys at different positions. So does that mean they line him up in a wildcat? Does that mean they, they throw him some shallow crossers or get him the ball in a jet sweep or, or that sort of stuff? I think you're going to see – Lincoln East be still running that spread kind of tempo type mm-hmm. offense, but with some wrinkles to it, uh, just to get Malachi more involved and kind of take better advantage of their personnel. So yeah, fa- it's a fascinating story to me. I don't know if Lincoln East is going to be the best team in the city, but they're I think going to be the most interesting team in the city just because of Malachi and what they're going to have to do around him. And I think last one, Pius. Am I forgetting anybody else? Well, yeah, it's we we've got next week. I'm going to be hit up North Star, Northeast Pius, yeah. Lincoln Christian, Lincoln North, and we're going to try and get to every school in the city. Pius drops down to Class B this year. Um, I think that's that'll be good for them, you know, from a competitive standpoint. Um, allow them to to make a playoff push. You know, a, a, again, a team that's that's used to winning at a high level. Yeah, you know, like like a Southeast, like a Lincoln East. You know, like like teams like that. So, what's that going to look like? Just just having that different schedule, they're certainly not going to be afraid of anybody, you know, after, after the schedule they've played the last couple of years and now that the two-year cycle going down to B. That's that's kind of the interesting thing for me. Does does the record, does the schedule allow that record to jump up enough to where Pius is back in the playoff um, discussion? And, and I think I think it very well could be. Again, I haven't seen them yet this, this fall. We'll see them next week, so I'll, I'll know more, I think, when I see them in person. But, yeah, just kind of an interesting – an interesting dynamic there going down to B and, and kind of getting back to to the place where I think they've had a lot of their success. That That's going to be kind of the big story out of Pius this year. And it's it's interesting, too, because they've always kind of had the – I mean, there was – I wouldn't call it a controversy, but just when they would have some sports in A and some sports in B, and it yeah. always seemed like they kind of thrived in the Class B setting. And it may just it may simply be a numbers thing and not yeah. necessarily because they were they're still competitive at the class A level. Yeah. But it's almost like, you know, top line to top line, they just match up better in class. Yeah. A. And, and it's again, it, it's no it's no knock on pious. Exactly. Yeah. But again, look at look around class A football this year. And we talked about the guys in Lincoln, but it's all over the state. Right. Like it's there's how many guys in Omaha in class A that are big time recruits, you know, and. Pius has guys. There's no doubt about that. They have guys that can play at the next level. Do they have guys that are going to go play at Nebraska or go play at Georgia or, right. or wherever? They they don't, and that's fine. That's that's just the way it is. So, yeah, it's it's not that they can't compete in Class A. It's just that I think their 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 roster, the way they're built, is a little better suited for Class B. So I think that for me, that's that's kind of where it's at. Is is what does that look like going back down? How do they kind of take these last couple of years? And like you said, they they bounce back and forth in, in every sport and they they certainly have had no trouble, you know, in a lot of sports competing at the class A level. There's no right. doubt about that. So how do they kind of take what they learned these last couple of years in class A with this group and, and now apply it to class B and, and kind of move forward from there? And obviously you don't want to try to preview too much. Um, obviously we will we will get there. We'll have ratings. We'll have players we can talk about. But um, is there with anybody you haven't anybody you haven't mentioned anything else that uh, maybe you're looking forward to seeing a coach? Maybe you're looking forward to talk to just to kind of get their perspective. I can't again forgive me. I haven't been in. Pre- I mean, both of us haven't been in yeah. uh, preps. You know. 
recently. We're all getting back like We're all kind yeah. of getting back in the swing of it. Yep. So correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe there are any brand new coaches aside from Northwest. Um, Let's look at that. We got the book right here. Right. The, the, so, you're going to hear me flip the pages in the book right here. I can tell you this. Lincoln Northstar's got a new offensive coordinator, and he's a familiar name. That would be uh, one Tommy Armstrong. Oh, yeah, that is right. Former Nebraska quarterback. And they also have a first-year head coach in James Thompson. Um, so a whole new coaching staff at North Star. Uh, and it's it's going to be a lot of attention on Tommy, of course, yeah. because of what he did here uh, as a college player, and, and we'll ask about that. But That is intriguing, it's, how, yeah. that, how that transfer. I, I feel like we've kind of seen that happen maybe at – gosh, I, some of the names are – Slipping, but the, the I feel like some smaller towns we've seen former Huskers kind of come back and kind of get into the fold. So yeah. it's interesting to see someone you would consider more of a prominent Husker name coming back coaching press. Yeah, and and he's in a prominent position, right? Like yeah. he's the offensive coordinator. Like, like he, they're going to run what he wants to run. You you wonder how much it'll look like what he ran when he was in Lincoln. You know, probably pretty similar. I, I would guess. I don't expect. I don't expect Northstar to come out in the double wing <laughs> and run right. wishbone or anything like that. So it'd be interesting to see how how that looks. It'd be interesting to talk to some of those kids and just see, you know, hey, you, you probably watched this guy when you were yeah. younger. What, what's it like getting yelled at by, yeah. <laughs> by yeah. him now, you know? So I, I think that's kind of the one the one story that that I'm really interested in. Um, Javante Boyd, uh, Northeast, has taken over this year. He's been an assistant there for several, for several years, but – Taking over that head spot, Dan Martin uh, stepped back in the spring in April. So Northeast and North Star are going to have new head coaches, not necessarily new to high school football, but but new to the to the the, the schools they're at. That that's kind of the the interest there, and can they kind of take that next step, you know, forward with their programs and kind of start that building process? So yeah, I, look, it's every team's in a different spot. There's no doubt about that. Whether you're whether you're Parkview and six man which is going to contend for a state title, or whether you're Southeast, which is going to contend for best team in the city, maybe one of the better teams in Class A. We'll mm-hmm. have to wait and see. I, I, every team has an interesting story. And, again, that's a big part of the reason I wanted to get back to doing this is because there's always stories to tell uh, at, at this level. So just really, really interested to, to kind of see everybody these next this next week and a half, and then especially to see the games get going and see what people look like when, when the lights come on. Yeah, it's definitely a, a wide range of, you know, I, I wouldn't say necessarily expectations, just a wide range of what, what maybe you can expect from these teams yeah. because, again, like you said, we've got – all, all the way from six-man football to Class C football, you know, now a couple of Class B schools, and the dominance of Class A football. Obviously, that's kind of what takes the spotlight. But yep. once you, you know, look past Class A, you start kind of getting yourself into the weeds a little bit, and, yeah. and there's always something to find. Yeah, and it, it's, it, it's so cool. I'm from a small town. Um, you know, my school plays eight-man football now. They played 11-man when I was there, which is – a whole other story. We don't need to get into that. But, <laughs> yeah, um, it's so I've always kind of rooted for the the smaller schools. You know, the 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 six man, the eight man, the, the smaller eleven mans, and those stories have always interested me because, look, those guys are putting in the same work that the guys at Southeast are. You know, or the or the guys at North Star are, right? and th- those guys have have great stories to tell too. So, yeah, I, it's again, I, I keep repeating myself, but I just think it's going to be so interesting this year. We we know that the power is in Omaha in Class A, which that's just the way it is. And that's not to say that Lincoln schools can't can't disrupt that, but that's the way it is. But at the same time, if you look around the city, like we said, 
there's, there's just a lot of intrigue, I think, and a lot of reasons to be excited. So, again, we'll see what happens when the lights come on uh, here in a couple weeks. But, but for now, it's just fun to kind of see the excitement and kind of see the, a little bit of the unknown as we kind of build up to the season. I, I do personally contend that six-man football is, is its purest form of football. Uh-huh. The, because if you think about it, you, you play, you know, backyard football or you, yeah. you go to a, a playground or something with, with your friends when you're kids. Like, mm-hmm. you, you're not playing 11-on-11 11 11 football. Yeah. So I, I, I've, always, I've always loved six-man football. I've gone to multiple, you know, six-man state title games. And I, I just – so and I've seen Parkview Christian play a handful of times. So I, I am excited to see how maybe they can take the next step too. You've because uh, it seems like it like you you sometimes get a powerhouse in six man and then maybe they bump up. They try to they mm-hmm. try their hand at eight man football, um, and it seems like teams are always kind of rotating. And it's almost a sport that's dominated by Western Nebraska. Yeah, because like you say, all the power of Class A's in Omaha. Well, a lot of the power of six man is. Carney West, pretty basically. much, yeah, yeah. So, um, I I love six man football. I will gladly be crucified for that if I have to be. <laughs> but um, I, I'm I'm I think everyone's just excited for it to start. Unfortunately, we can't start it sooner. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, I, I'm I'm ready for football. I think everybody else is ready for football. So, what like you said, once once everything gets really rolling, and we've we've talked to everybody that we can. I think we just kind of see where the chips fall from there. Do yourself a favor and go to a Parkview Christian game this year uh, if you've never seen a six-man game. Um, I'm, not, I'm not talking to Colton. I'm talking to you guys listening right now. It's, it's super fun. It's, it's literally basketball on grass. It's six on six. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just so much fun, and it's, it's so much fun to watch. So, yeah, like you said, it's, it's going to be a great year. We're so excited to get going. I'm excited to get going. We'll see what comes. Um, I guess until next time. Yeah, until next time. It's been Chris Bassett. I'm Colton Stone. We will uh, talk to you next week.